Lauren Mazel is certainly one of the greatest conductors in the world today and someone I've looked up to and admired for years. I've learned so much from him over the years and what he can do with an orchestra is really astonishing. His musical sensibility, his mental capacity, his physical ease is really unique. Music director Alan Gilbert on his admiration for Lauren Mazel. Mr. Mazel was Mr. Gilbert's predecessor as music director of the Philharmonic and served in that capacity for seven years. Now music director of the Munich Philharmonic, Lauren Mazel offered these words on his return to Avery Fisher Hall. Well, my return home, as you put it, was made uh, very easy by the extremely affectionate and warm welcome that was tendered, and I was made to feel right at home in the best sense of the word, and uh, I found myself picking up where I left off, musically and also on a human level. I was very, very fond of, of the orchestra as a whole and uh, of the individuals themselves, uh, fine people, very dedicated musicians and highly intelligent human beings, and uh, I so enjoyed interacting with them on various levels for seven years. And um, now it seems to me yeah, as if I had never left. And that's a, it's a wonderful feeling. Strauss tended to base his early works on established subjects from the worlds of philosophy and literature. Later on, he turned the focus of his compositions inward with works such as Ein Heldenleben and the Domestic Symphony. By the time he completed the Alpine Symphony in 1915, Strauss managed to embrace all of these experiences in a very general way. Here again is Lauren Mazel. Yes, the Alpine Symphony, uh, a work uh, which in my callow youth I dismissed as being rather trashy, uh, only to discover in later years how callow I was. It is... Um, the ultimate Strauss experience. Strauss outstraussed himself, uh, undoubtedly. Just uh, he overachieved. Uh, there are sounds and sonorities there that no one has ever, including Strauss, achieved uh, before or since. The peg upon which this music is hung is a journey in the Alps, which you can see from uh, the room in which Richard Strauss wrote the symphony, little desk with a window giving on to the Alps in Garmisch, uh, not far away from Munich. And in fact, I sat down at that desk and looked at the panorama and remembered Strauss's ironic and tongue-in-cheek comment saying that he couldn't quite imagine why anyone would want to try to take a walk in the Alps or climb after the composition of the Alpine Symphony because he had written the Alps right off the map. Of course, he, he meant it quite humorously. But indeed, uh, after this statement, what can you say about the Alps? I mean, uh, just going for a walk there in the, in the uh, sub-hills is an anticlimax, um, to say the least. And now we hear an Alpine symphony by Richard Strauss. Lauren Mazel conducts the New York Philharmonic.
an Alpine symphony. The conductor was Lorne Mazel, opening this all Strauss edition of the New York Philharmonic this week. We go now from a work composed in Strauss's teens to a piece completed in his early 20s, Till Eulenspiegel's Merry Pranks. The title of this tone poem borrows from an old folk tale about a mischievous figure who swears revenge on all mankind after being rejected by a lovely maiden. In the end, after causing a great deal of trouble, Till Eulenspiegel falls victim to the hangman's noose. Like many folk figures, there is evidence that the character Till Eulenspiegel is based, at least in part, on factual events. In a little town near Lübeck, there is even a centuries-old gravestone with an inscription that reads, This stone no one should lift up. Here is buried Eulenspiegel. In German, Eulenspiegel means owlglass, and, it so happens, also depicted on the gravestone is an owl clutching a mirror. In this work, Strauss, who imagined all horn players to have the same exceptional gifts as his father, entrusted to the horn one of the most difficult solo passages ever written for the instrument. Here again is principal horn Philip Myers. Certain traditions of playing certain pieces have grown out of what were the technical limitations of the instrument when it didn't have valves, when it had three valves, when it had four valves, now it's got, you know, five, six valves, uh, all giving you more options. And uh, we'll play pieces now where uh, a conductor will, will give me time to do something that would have required time back in the time that you're talking about mm -hmm. when Strauss wrote Till, but no longer requires time in this day and age. And it's sort of like, you know, you can't go up to, well, I guess you can. Uh, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. You go up to the conductor and say, you know what, this technical limitation that would have dictated this phrasing no longer exists. So you, we can just play it like the violins play it eight bars later. You know, uh, we sure. don't have to do it a different way. So, you know, yeah, things have changed. They would have been playing on a single F instrument back then. It would have been a lot more challenging. He would have heard the guy do a lot of flexibility exercises through the range on that instrument. But he would have heard him doing that, my guess is, mostly slurred. And, and having this, this being mainly tongued, that would have added a, a difficult uh, element to it because the range that it's written in, it, it's difficult to tongue clearly on, on the F horn. So uh, that, that, would have been the, that would have been a sticking point. He wouldn't have been worried about getting notes. He would have been worried about getting the notes cleanly. It is said that the idea for the now very familiar horn solo came to him from listening to the first horn player of the Weimar Orchestra practice before each rehearsal. When, at the first rehearsal of the piece, the horn player complained about the difficulty of the passage, Strauss is said to have replied, Nonsense. I heard you practice it every morning. Principal horn player Philip Myers tells us more. The only thing I would say about Till is this. You know, up until about 30 years ago, I would say, that opening call was played pretty much as a cadenza. Not really too much rhythmic structure, and actually... Um, uh, emphasized uh, off the beat in uh, what might have been, uh, you know, a more comfortable way to play it on the uh, early horns, uh, maybe. I can't think actually why it developed the way it did, but, but all I'm saying is that now, that throws a piece into too much of disarray 
for the, the remainder of the time when this theme comes back and it's being played against an accompaniment that very definitely does not go against the rhythm. And so consequently, now when we play that, uh, we play pretty strictly in rhythm and it's, it's, a, it's a different experience now. And it's, I think in a way it's a lot more clever because you have... And you hear that the emphasis on those three things uh, changes. Whereas it, it, in the, the old style of playing, it was to have the emphasis be the same. People would just go, and it would be pretty much three of the same thing. Uh, and that didn't really, that wasn't really as interesting. And so uh, when that started to change 30 years ago, uh, I think it really started to change among horn players. And then conductors sort of caught, caught on, oh, yeah, 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 that does make more sense. That actually does set it up for the rest of the piece much better. And then and we went from there. So now, these days, it's standard to play that uh, pretty rhythmic. And we go back to the stage once more for Till Eulenspiegel's Merry Pranks by Strauss. Lauren Mazel conducts the New York Philharmonic. Thank you. 
Till Eulenspiegel's Merry Pranks, the New York Philharmonic was conducted by Lauren Mazel.